Hi, how are you? Welcome to another episode of the Gospel of Kennison. I am your host, James Kennison. Welcome to my personal audio journal. This is episode 126, brought to you April 5th of 2020. I'd like to thank our patrons, especially Carrie Wright and Carrie Bernhardt. Um, if you'd like to become a patron and support the show, you could do that at patreon.com slash GOK. So I was napping this afternoon for a little while. I was laying on my back and I was dreaming. I was dreaming I was in a tiny car. And I was driving around a bigger car. And when I drove around the bigger car, just as I was focused on the idea that I could not hit this car, touch this car, I apparently touched this car and it beeped very loudly and startled me in real life. (laughs) My whole body uh, laying on my back, remember, just shook like, like, like somebody took paddles to my chest and, you know, that whole thing woke me up and everything. That's what I get for trying to take a nap. Well, I did wake up at quarter, about 8.30 this morning. We went to the Melvin to hand out groceries to... The homeless, and or not the homeless, just the needy, I suppose. Um, folks that needed stuff. And we gave out uh, bleach and soap and toilet paper and paper products and fresh fruit. And, uh, and then just groceries like pancake mix and things like that. Uh, canned chicken. Uh, breakfast stuff, crackers, I'm trying to think, um, drinks, we had Powerades and waters, things like that. And, uh, I wasn't at the front where they gave this stuff away, but it was pretty cool because the people would just pull up in their cars and open their trunks. And we had folks that would load this stuff. So from that perspective, we were being very cautious and and watching out for each other about the the virus risk but inside was a totally different story jen and i kind of knew what we were walking into we we figured that the risk was worth it to help people get food and stuff um but there was a lot of people working really close together And um, maybe some of you work every day, and so you're used to it. But it was uh, a little nerve-wracking for us. Because I'm I'm the guy that didn't take it seriously. I was telling a guy today, actually, we were breaking down boxes. And and I said, yeah, I I just didn't take it seriously. I, I mean, how many of these things have we lived through? The bird flu was supposed to get us all, then, you know... E. coli or Ebola or whatever was supposed to get us all. I said, you know, I was the one that said, nah, 
It's just another one of those things. They're just getting worked up over nothing. And in my defense, the media always does get this hyped up over every single thing. So shame on them for overhyping all those years, you know, because when it turned out to actually be a real thing, I don't think America took it seriously soon enough. But not all of us had masks. I mean, they just passed the mask thing yesterday. I didn't have a mask on. I didn't have gloves on. So I guess that makes me bad. But uh, I was talking to him and, and I said, you know, I sure take it seriously now. And, you know, he says, well, let's stay six feet away from each other. I said, okay. And as I said, okay, a little tiny bit of my spit flew through the air and it didn't land on him. It went down and landed on the boxes and neither one of us said anything, but I felt really dumb obviously because my words decided to take liquid form and jump out and then try to attack him. But, but the six feet saved us. So I don't know. I have a theory that every single one of us has the virus now. Cause if even just one person in there did, Dude, we were all over each other, working, packing bags, moving things around, throwing boxes, breaking down boxes, you know, just working our tails off for, you know, hours. I got a, I got a nice little uh, cardboard burn. What do you call it? Uh, cardboard cut. You know, like it's like a paper cut, except it's with cardboard, and it's terrible hurts really bad but um that's what we did this morning the reason why i mentioned that is because last night i actually recorded a whole lot of material for gok and i figured it would be better to tell you about what i recorded than to let you actually hear what i recorded and I could do a better job in a lot less time. Because what I did is I got on and I was very stressed out. And I was very worked up. And it was about something that turned out to not really even be that big of a deal. But at the time it was. And it was that my pastor had asked me to uh, lead... Uh, an online meeting for our church. And I was very worked up about it because I felt like, in all honesty, I felt like he should be the one leading the first meeting because we, we haven't met as a church. We met last Sunday. We had a 40-minute meeting on, on uh, Zoom, I guess they call it. And we established that we wanted to start meeting as a church on zoom once a week and that we, we would do this online, uh, Bible devotion, you know, amongst ourselves and then come together on Sundays at five 30 to discuss it. And then I get an email that says, James, I want you to do the first part. And then I want this other guy to do the second one. And I was, I was just stressed out to the max. I, I ignored the email all day. 
because I hadn't read through the material, but I I was torn because, like I said, I, f- I figured the boss man ought to do the first one ever. And um, I I remember talking a lot about the chaos that that was uh, sure to happen. If you've ever been on a Zoom meeting with more than two or three people, the audio, it gets picked up, you know, from the other people and the camera follows that audio. So say there's a main speaker trying to get his point across and someone else is holding a phone and a loud noise goes past their microphone. That loud noise echoes through the entire meeting and it takes the focus off the main speaker. Well, we were going to have, you know, about 10 different people. And I wasn't going to be the one starting the meeting because you might say, well, James, didn't you know that the leader of the meeting can mute all the microphones on the other people? Yeah, I, I did know that, but it wouldn't have worked because I wasn't the one in charge of the meeting. And I just talked a lot about chaos and how I have always tried to eliminate it in my ministry efforts. You know, when I speak to adults, there's not a lot of chaos because adults sit and listen. When you deal with kids, you can have chaos. They bring chaos into the, into the sanctuary, but you can do things and plan your service in a way that eliminates, or at least, uh, controls that chaos and steers it the way that you want it to go while they're with you. But there there's technological chaos and that bugs me. Like ask my wife and the worst thing that could ever be possible. And you guys experienced this just a couple of uh, episodes back. The worst thing that can happen to me is technological chaos. When my website's down, when my computer's aren't functioning properly. And likewise, if I'm at a new technology that I'm not familiar with, like Zoom, trying to leave a, lead a meeting for the first time, and all of the noise and potential problems that could happen that would make it hard for people to focus on what I was saying. Because it's not like meeting together in a room where everybody gives one person the floor. Zoom kind of equalizes everybody and makes everybody a potential leader and speaker, whether they intend for it to be or not. My wife has used it (laughs) every single day, just about, um, well, maybe not every day, but every few days she has uh, a workout class that she does on Zoom and her teacher leads a group of ladies through a bunch of these uh, karate moves and aerobics or you know, kickboxing moves or whatever you want to call it. And there's grant, there's always one or two women that can't figure out how to turn their mic off. And so you'll be seeing the guy and him working out. And then you'll see them fussing with the phone or the, or the laptop and the noise and the, and the video switches to them. And it's a close up of their face or them trying to, they maybe they grunted during a move and they're trying to get that leg up there in the air. And it's, it's quite hilarious to, to see. Um, 
But translate that into a meeting that I feel like somebody else should have should have been leading, especially the first one, and you dump that on me, and I have anxiety anyway. Um, last night I was not doing good, and I was just I was just kind of just um, very vocal about it, very stressed out. Some of you are like, well, why didn't you just play that? Well, because I'm kind of ashamed of it. And I'll tell you why in a minute. Because I got off of the recording and it was very late and I was very stressed and, and I had anxiety in my chest like it gets. It felt like a fist that's being balled up. It's just something in there like a balloon being blown up inside your chest. And... um. I knew I needed to read through the material before I went to bed that night, which was last night. And so I did, and it didn't take long. It was enjoyable. It was about gratitude. And uh, I, I, there was a part that you read. There was a part that you uh, listened to. And then there's a part that you watch. So it's, it's pretty multimedia. You know, it's really neat. I think it's called The Bible Project. It's available online for free, but it was on gratitude. And so a part to see, a part to watch, a part to listen to, a part to read. And then there was a part where there were interactive questions. And one was on uh, Luke chapter something verse something else. And uh, it was about the part where. Um, do the birds worry about what they eat and do the flowers worry about what they wear and basically establishing that in gratitude, um, the way to get out of a me centered experience, which is what this part of the world, this time in our world, uh, kind of puts us toward, uh, is a me centered me and mine centered thing we want to provide for our families and for ourselves but uh in the when you think about context context of gratitude in this situation um to be grateful means that we kind of have to move away from that me and mine a little bit at least i found that i had to which is why i went to the program today and handed out food as i risk my safety um, and my family's, uh, health, uh, took a gamble, I guess I should say, uh, to, to do something outside of ourselves because that's what the questions were pushing toward is, um, a great way to break yourself out of that me centered, my, me and mine only is to, uh, realize firstly that God is your provider. We don't get to experience God as a provider very often. Um, those of us that have means to go out and just buy what we need. Um, but I know a lot of folks and I, and I grew up having to rely on God as a provider. Um, so I, I definitely remember, but at this point in our life, you know, we can go out and go to Walmart or Target and get what we need. We don't have to sit and pray and stress and worry. 
to to bring in the money or the the, the food that we would need to eat. And so to see God as a provider in the, that context is is very good. And it helps you realize that even the stuff you buy and the stuff you do um, collect for you and yours is something that you can now share. And so that that was the first part of the interactive questions. And it was at that moment um, that I realized that my my friend David, my pastor, my boss, had not asked me to do the entire service and lead the entire meeting. He had simply asked me to lead the first couple of questions on Luke chapter something verse something else. Just that little bit about how, where does our, you know, where, where do, who provides for us and what, and what, how can we apply this in our situation and in our lives and this, that, and the other. And, and the other guy was supposed to get the second set of questions. And then there was a third set of questions that apparently, you know, he was going to take himself. So I, I had, been livid for 20 minutes on the subject i had hit stop on the recorder i had read through the material had a big palm to the forehead moment oh he he didn't do what i thought he did he wasn't doing what i thought he was and he is leading the thing i'm just helping out a little tiny bit and now, the stress you would think would immediately lift, and, and there's a part of it that does. Mentally, it does, but the physical part in your chest, the part, the anxiety that you feel doesn't. It has to run its course. It's, it's like a micro panic attack, I guess. So last night, I hit record again, and I, I gave you the news on the, the big, uh-oh, I... Sure enough, got worked up over nothing. But I emailed him and I had said that I'm really, I really don't know if I could do this. This is what I had responded to him at because I hadn't responded all day. And this was before I knew the big uh uh-oh moment, you know. But I emailed him, said, I don't know if I can do it, but I'm trying to talk myself into it. And I think that counts for something that I was willing to try um, even though it was really stressing me out. I didn't just say no right away. I didn't say yes, (laughs) but I remember last night saying through the microphone that I predict the following that I will read through the material that I will say yes and that it will go moderately well but not as well as I would have hoped. And in the end, things will be okay. And I couldn't have predicted it any differently, (laughs) any more differently than it actually turned out because it turned out he just wanted me to do the small bit. And, um, that, that was really not a stressful thing at all. He was doing the first meeting you know leading it as a pastor he wasn't 
shuffling it all on me. And so I wrote him back and I'm like, I'm sorry, this is not, I thought, I thought you were asking me to do the whole thing. I can do this. This is no problem at all. And then he wrote back and said, oh goodness, I now realize how that sounded and I need to do a better job communicating in the future, da, 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 da. So I, I decided to tell the story rather than to go off and, and let you guys hear me just going off. Cause that's what I was doing. I was worked up. I was depressed last night. I was feeling very stressed out. And, um, so now the story is, yeah, obviously that I'm only having to lead a couple of questions, but that the, uh, material had an impact on me and it got me thinking that I, I needed to go with my wife and my kids down to the Melvin and hand out groceries for the mo- you know the morning till till the afternoon and so that's what we did um and we stayed a good while um there came a point where there was not a lot of uh you know the, there was a bunch of people at first just cars lying down the street people lined up on the sidewalk lots and lots of of uh stress and pressure and let's get this stuff out as fast as possible but then it slowed and then, because we ran out of, uh, uh, of, of fruit, we ran out of a lot of the items and we just had a bunch of soap <laughs> and we had a bunch of salsa and we had a bunch of Pop-Tart bites and um, a whole bunch of crackers. We, we started calling them Jesus crackers and, and the people that were there that weren't even Christians loved it. Because they got the joke that that no matter how many we gave away of these suckers, there was just so many that were just coming out of nowhere. There were boxes and boxes of these little packaged crackers like you would get at a, a restaurant. And there were so many and we'd put them in bags and put them in bags and put them in bags and there would just be a million still left over. Uh, it, so they were Jesus crackers. But... um. Once all of that calmed down, the kids, the teenagers that were there started playing. And um, that was just something we had talked to the our kids about, that if you go, you're not going to go to play. Because play, unfortunately, is one of the things that's going to get you in contact with other people. Whether you're throwing a ball back and forth, or you're standing closer to each other, whether you're, you know, trying to keep away or whatever, you know... Uh, it's worth it to risk it when we're working, but not not for playtime. So we grabbed the kids, we had them wash their hands, and uh, we put them in the car, and we got home. And on at the request or the urging of of, of uh, one of our our members who happens to be a nurse, we immediately changed clothes and washed all our clothes and uh rewashed our hands so you know if if we got it we got it you know we're all going to get it eventually i suppose but man it really really made my wife and i feel a lot more comfortable being at home we've been at home for two weeks like most of you guys have and we haven't left the house much except for uh, you know, when we need things 
And that's, uh, those are very small trips. Well, now obviously they're saying that Walmart is only going to be letting in about 20% of their former capacity. You know, uh, I can't remember the exact numbers, but she went to Sam's today and they had a queue that you stood in. And um, luckily there was nobody, the store wasn't over capacity. So she was able to get in and get what she needed, but they're only letting a certain amount of people in at a time. And um, obviously the, the thing about the face masks or, or face coverings has has become a thing. Um, it seemed like at the, at our, at our gathering today, there were some folks that were doing it and some folks had on medical style, you know, masks. And then there were just a lot more of them that weren't doing anything. And then even more of the people that had masks that were taking them off because they were finding it hard to breathe because we were working so hard. And they're trying to breathe through these things and they couldn't get enough air. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think I did my duty and I'm glad we did it, but, um, it, it has made being at home seem to be a very wise and tolerable thing. Whereas before, you know, you kind of question it. Why do we need to be at the house? Why can't we be out? And when you're around that many people and nobody seems to be trying to keep social distancing as a thing, uh, you realize, no, we, 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 you know, we need to stay home. We need to obey this thing. We need to do what we're supposed to do. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's the story of the, the podcast that you missed out on from yesterday. And I hope you enjoyed it. I'm, I'm a lot more level headed tonight. I'm feeling, um, I'm good. I'm feeling good. It's, uh, 1238 AM now on the 5th of, of, uh, April. Is it April? Yeah. Yeah. Easter's coming up and, um, you know, I, I guess Hobby Lobby eventually decided to close down. My sister works for Hobby Lobby. I'd forgotten about that when I was dogging out Hobby Lobby. I, I ought to message her and just see what she's thinking. You know, she doesn't work out on the floor. She works behind the desk. So it might have been different. She, she might have had a different um, experience than the typical Hobby Lobby person. But... uh yeah, Hobby Lobby apparently decided that they were a mandatory, you know, necessary store. And I kind of thought that was funny because when I go in there, all I see are giant roses, you know, and then a bunch of seasonal stuff. So Easter bunnies and Resurrection Day fences with writing on them and little flowers and stuff and, you know, plastic eggs and stuff like that. I'm sure they're, you know, they're, they're, it, it's gotta be messing them up to not be able to get that stuff out the door. But, uh, you know, it's messing up everybody. The whole economy is, is 
is a mess. Jen told me that 6 million people applied for unemployment last week. And it was a million the week before that. And it was 100,000 the week before that. That's what she told me. I do find myself sitting and wondering how it's going to change the the world or our world. Will it have a big impact? Um, will it be something that just passes, you know? Um, will we all will we all end up in a situation where we all know someone that died because of the virus? Will it be that kind of thing that when it's brought up in in the office or at a at a gathering that you know everybody just kind of mentions someone they know, or will it will it just be a thing we all get and we get sick and then we kind of get over it? See, I don't I don't even know. I I know I read an article about a company that was offering to track people's phones. Um, to see who that they had been in contact with so that people could predict where the virus was going to spread. I got to say, I'm a little, that's a little scary to me. Uh, another article I read was about Google publishing anonymous data uh, based on the uh, Google Maps software where they track all the phones locations and what they did is released information that showed where people were going when they cheated on the stay at home order. You know, um, they showed people going to museums, people going to parks or people going to, uh, shopping centers versus, you know, more, uh, necessary places like grocery stores and and pharmacies and things like that. And that this scares me a little bit because um, the the word anonymized anonymous, you know, um, is the only word that keeps that from being absolutely terrifying because I don't want to be tracked. I don't think anybody wants to be tracked. Um, we are tracked. We already are, but we're, but we're fine with it because it, it's this anonymous big company and they're not so far, haven't done anything with it. But then this article says, that, oh, well, we are doing something with it. We're telling on you. We're telling on people. We're not using specific names. We're not giving away anybody's identities but isn't it a half step away from something like that being a potential thing isn't it just a, a request from the government or some legislation that would switch that over in a heartbeat is this illness that's going through the government i mean uh through through the country going to make changes in the government that Make them think that, that, hey, we need to go ahead and start tracking people. I'm, uh, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Um, but I do believe in 
the Bible, and I believe in the end times prophecies that come from Revelation and Daniel. And uh, a lot of times when you think about the end times, there's there's the, you know, obviously the mark of the beast and um, there's going to have to be a way to track that, who has it and who doesn't, who's being safe and who's not being safe. I, I don't know. Um, I enjoy technology and I've always kind of joked because because there's always conspiracy theorist Christians that are like, oh, oh, that iPhone, there it is. That's the work of the Antichrist right there. You know, that Google Maps is the Antichrist. And, and I always laugh and say, sure enough, but uh, I'm going to enjoy the ride until they get to the point where they want me to take a mark or something. And then I'm going to have to say, sorry, can't do it. You know, and then then life starts becoming very difficult for me because I love technology and I love the positive things that it does. Um, but I'm always got one eye open looking around waiting for how is this going to happen? How are they going to get us? And I guess maybe that does make me a conspiracy theorist, at least in that one respect. Um, I hope that obviously that, that, um, the smallest amount of people possible would, would die. The smallest amount of people possible would contract the virus and the smallest amount of change would occur in our country. Um, cause at one, at some point there's going to be a place where the, the virus has kind of done its thing and, and people are kind of ready to go back to work and go back to things that they're supposed to do. And we're going to have to face the economic parts of what this thing has done. My wife even talked about, you know, there, there are lines of clothing for this season that we're supposed to go out, you know, uh, we just streamed upward on Disney Plus because that movie was in theaters and then they took it out of theaters and put it out for sale and then they put it on, you know, for streaming. And there's movies that were out during this and have and and are scheduled to be having to to go out. Um, there's always movies releasing. Every weekend, I think, there's new movies, right? And and that's just a couple of businesses, a couple of types of, of groups that are being affected. There's thousands and, well, no, millions of people that are out of work. And, you know, the government's got to pay, you know, uh, unemployment to all those people. And they're sending out this stimulus package um, that will unfortunately not help the homeless. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I was the guy, like I said earlier, that wasn't really worried about anything before. Didn't feel like it was going to be a big deal. And now I find myself worrying quite a bit. 
And I know what the Bible says, who by worrying can add one minute to his life, one day to his life. But, you know, um, you, you do find yourself thinking about these things and you, you care not so much for yourself, but for your, your family and the people that you care about. I, I worry for people like you that listen to this show, you know, um, I think we all would worry a little bit. But um, I do believe what I did today was good, you know, was a good thing. And I believe good things like that are happening all over the country, just like all the little bad things that are happening. And... uh I just hope that the right things keep happening. <laughs> uh, well, I think I've talked myself through it all. You heard about yesterday. You've heard about my concerns of the dark, <laughs> the government trying to uh, uh, track us all. But wouldn't that be a way you could do it? You know, without uh, without making it seem like a big deal is, hey, we're just tracking you for, for your own health. We just want to know who's bumping into who. So that if you get sick, we can go back and check. And we can send a message to the 30 people that you bumped into. You know, the lady at the cash register, the, the guy that you swapped a cart with on the way in. You know, we can, you know. We can go back and text these folks and say this, this anonymous gentleman had the flu and just wanted to let you know, you know, I don't know. I hope I'm being ridiculous. I hope I am, but there is a company, like I said, I read the article that was offering to do just that. So I didn't make it up. It's not something I thought about and came up in my own head. It's something I read. It came up on my Google News feed. So I don't know. I'm j- I'm just interested. I I've said it before. I want it. I want this to be over. I I just want it to. I'm I'm. If I gotta get sick, I'm I'm re- kind of ready to get sick. And get through it. But at the same time, I was talking to my daughter last night and I was like, what if both of us get sick, me and your mom, and we can't go anywhere, literally can't drive to go get food. We'll have to rely on other people because you guys can't go driving. You guys can't go get things. And I was just kind of trying to embed it in her because she's still... She's a teenager. She's still mostly upset that she can't see her friends. And um, she tried to rig it to where a friend would come to the event today and work, you know, there with us. And I put a stop to it. Not that I, not because I'm an evil father, even though I felt like an evil father, but because. I I uh I didn't want 
to break the rules. And I didn't want to expose this young lady um, and to, to us or, or us to her, you know, or her to us either. Um, you know, the, the work, the work day was just that the risk was worth it for work, not worth it for play or just visiting or just connecting. So it was a rough decision to make last night when she came down and asked. Um, and, and you know why it was ridiculous and terrible because it wasn't that she wanted to go see a boyfriend or wanted to sneak out or wanted to do something bad. She wanted to know if it would be okay if her, if her best friend in the whole world could come and work at a community center. And the answer should have been absolutely yes. Absolutely. But the weird times that we live in right now, I had to say no. And that's why I felt like a creep. But you, you, I told her last night, she, she handled it well, but I felt like there was some contention. Felt like maybe I hadn't even handled it properly. Because I get upset when I have to upset others. Like I can feel it and I, and I just don't like it. So I went up to her and I said, you know, I kind of explained it like I just did to you. And I kind of ended it with, I I know you might be upset with me, but I care a lot more about your safety than I do about how you feel about me at any given time. I got to do what's right, no matter how it feels. And, um, so I did, you know, but it is ridiculous that I had to, uh, so anyway, uh, other things, other topics, uh, Weight Watchers. I'm still on Weight Watchers. I've, uh, I'm still stalled. I'm, I'm right at 15 pounds. Last week I weighed in on Monday and I hadn't lost uh, or gained at all. Uh, so I'm looking forward to Monday, day after tomorrow, where I'll weigh in again and, uh, I'm sure sure I will report in any changes. Uh, I knew that it would, it, it's always like this where you lose a lot at first and then it slows down and then you have these dry weeks and then, you know, you'll, it'll, it'll stay that way for, for a few weeks and then you'll drop a pound or all at one time or something like that. It's just, it's just the way it is. Um, on the podcasting in the podcasting world, I've been using my free time to try to improve things. And, uh, one of the things I'm trying to improve is the Patreon experience for people who, uh, give to pay, you know, on Patreon, trying to give them something that I, I try to think, what would I want? Well, first of all, I don't, I, I patronize, um, quite a few 
other podcasts and a person. I, 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 I just a few other uh, podcasts and a person. And I don't actually look to get anything out of it because I don't, um, that, that sounded really braggy. What I mean is I don't do it. I do it because I want to bless those people. I like their podcasts and I want them to, um, to do good. And I know that getting sponsored on, uh, pay, on, on Patreon feels really good. It really does. It's one of the highlights of, of the whole thing. And so I do that, but I don't, I don't care what they offer. So I figure a lot of my folks are probably the same way. They, they're just giving cause they care about me. They care about John. They care about the show. Um, they don't really feel like there needs to be anything else given in return, but, but I, I, I want to, I want to give something that I would want. And so, uh, rather than just being anonymous and, and saying or random, I should say, and, and just recording bonus material at the end of every podcast, which was okay. It always worried me and bothered me because it was just, it was just random talk. You know, sometimes it would have something to contribute to the show, sometimes not, but there was no structure to it. There was no purpose to it really. So what we've decided to do is take and, uh, cause I always get these stories that we can't use always. And there's so many different reasons why the stories can't be used. Uh, a lot of times because they're super gross, uh, or inappropriate. Um, a lot of times because the wording is so bad and they're written so poorly that even if they did have a joke or a good, uh, story, it would just be impossible. No amount of editing would be able to resurrect it. And my, my honest attitude towards stuff like that is if you didn't care enough to take the time to write it out in English, then, you know, and, and these are all English, uh, speakers. So I'm not saying I don't take stuff from, from other countries. Uh, but anyway, we're, we're an English speaking podcast, so we don't, we've never dealt with that. What I'm saying is if you don't sit down and write out pro- proper English, then I, I'm not going to stress about not putting your stuff on the show. But then we get stuff that's just simply not funny. Um, sometimes intentionally not funny, sometimes unintentionally not funny. Uh, a lot of stories that would be the kind that if you told in person, you would end up saying, Oh, I guess you had to be there, which I always try to make every story I tell, uh, unlike that, because I feel like if you have to say, I guess you had to be there, then you didn't tell the story, right? Because you have to tell the story in a way that makes them feel like they were there. So, uh, oh, and then the other kind of story we get are ones that I believe have just been fabricated and totally made up or exaggerated to the point that they are no longer true. There's nothing wrong 
with exaggerating the details of a story. Um, but you don't do it to the point that it makes the story absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> like one of them, for instance, was about a kid that threw up, um, which I've been trying to avoid bodily function uh, stories on the show just because we were getting so many of them. And, and I didn't want that to be, you know, become what we were known for. It's just because I don't like gross stories. I, I can handle one, one once in a while as a novelty, but just as a steady diet of, of gross stuff, I just not something, you know, everybody throws up, everybody poops. I get it. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's had a baby. I just, you know, I, I get sick of reading them. Um, but anyway, I, f I forgot what I was talking about. But we we get stories. Um, oh, oh, this one kid that had thrown up in his in his class and he had exaggerated. The kid uh, spun around in a spiral uh, and puked in a spiral. And then he puked and filled up some kid's hoodie. Um, and then he puked all the way out the door and, and it's like, okay, I've seen people throw up and nobody spins and does a pirouette. Um, if he had puked in the hood of somebody's hoodie, there would have been some mention of the reaction of the kid that got puked in whose hood got puked in. There's, you've got to put yourself in the story. So if you're going to exaggerate, that's fine, but not to the point that it makes a story unbelievable. Um, and then there have been kinds of stories that we get where they're inappropriate. And that would be stories uh, that involve nudity or sexuality. Uh, I guess some people latch onto the show idea. They don't get it right away that we're a clean show. Um, and that there are limits to what we will do. And so I, I remember I used to tell people I was so stupid back in the day. I would tell people when I wasn't using their story and I would tell them why, because I felt like I owed them that I wanted to give them that, you know, Hey, we're not going to be able to use this. Here's why. And I meant it with all the kindness in the world, but there's this one story where there's two girls, two, two middle school age girls sw rope swinging naked because they were in the country. And this is, this was normal to them. And, you know, I, I didn't light into them and I didn't judge them. And I didn't, I just, we have always had a lot of middle school listeners. I didn't want to put the image of two naked middle school girls in their mind. And so I wrote them and told them that that we can't use it. It's a little inappropriate. And, oh man, I got, I got blasted. And that was the last time I ever did that. So I, I, I nowadays, um, or, or until recently when I get a story, I read through it. I usually read them as soon as I, I get them and I file them away and they either go into a folder called NL cast unused um, or they just get archived and never delete any of them. Uh, cause you never know, you never know if you're going to need to go back and 
pull some stuff. Uh, but if I, even if I don't really care for the story, I'll still put it in, and I'll cast unused and I'll let it battle for itself against the other stories that end up in that folder each week. And, uh, but, but now I have NL cast never. <laughs> it's the file name or the, uh, folder name. And it brings me great satisfaction to read a terrible story and be able to dump it right in there. And, uh, you know, I'm sure not every story that gets dumped in there will make it on the little after show, which is what I'm talking about, by the way, that we, we ended up making a little podcast for that story show for patrons only called, uh, stories that will never be on the show. And I think that's something that would attract a patron. If I was not uh, a patron and I was listening to the show and I, and I was enjoying the, the stories, I would wonder what kind of stuff does he get? That's not being put out here. And um, so I think it's something that would attract new uh, patrons and uh, would keep their attention month or week. Yeah. Month after month. And uh, so far it's working. We've gotten at least two patrons that I would say uh, were probably drawn in by the title of that, uh, that new little podcast. And I love calling it a, a podcast because it really is. It's its own little podcast. We have um, uh, versions of it. So a version one, version two, version three. And um, I started doing a similar thing with uh, Red School Bus. Jay and I started a podcast called Q&A with Jay. And um, it's something separate and unique that is different from the podcast as a whole. And, uh, it's, it seems to be doing really well. I don't know that it's attracted anybody. It's a show for kids. And so kids have to talk to their parents and the parents have to get involved enough to care enough to go over to, to, you know, sign up. So I, you know, I, I never expect, um, uh, red school bus to, to bring in a lot. I, we are growing in numbers as far as our downloads. Um, and that's, that's, you know, satisfying, but, uh, yeah, I, I, that's why I told Jay, I said, anything that comes in on Patreon, um, you automatically get half because it's, you know, our show and I'll keep half and you can have the other half and my half will pay for the bills and your half will pay for, you know, whatever LOL surprise or whatever he's into. So, um, anyway, that's, that's what I'm doing with podcasting is making little podcasts that are just for patrons. And I think it's a super neat idea and I'm, and I'm pretty happy about it. I, I have to give some credit to Daniel J. Lewis, uh, for helping me come to those ideas because he said there were two things that would bring him over to being a patron. One would be stories that he felt like he ha wouldn't hear otherwise and something else. I can't remember what the other one was, but I got that, that idea in my head and I'm like, huh, 
What if we spun, spun that instead of giving people more good stories, let's just start sharing all the really bad ones and maybe it'll have an appeal and take on a little life of its own. And I think it has. So, um, there you go. That's what we're doing in the podcast world. Cause I have a lot of free time during the day and I've been, uh, putting out chapters of my book, uh, sort of kind of superpowered at sort of kind of superpowered.com. You can find it in Google podcasts. You can find it on, um, Apple podcasts and listen to it. I put out chapter nine, uh, late last night, early this morning, and there's only 11 chapters. So I've only got a couple more to go and the story's over. Um, people are starting to write in with their guesses as to the ending and how it's going to end because chapter nine is a, a pretty, uh, pretty big turning point in the story. Uh, I won't give anything away, but if you, uh, if you're listening, I'd love to hear from you. I, I welcome your feedback, even just a, Hey, I'm listening or, Hey, I like it. Or, you know, I think it's dumb. Um, you'd be surprised how little feedback I get on everything that I do. Uh, I think, I think that story show gets the most, but it's typically little things like right before a story or right after, Hey, you love the show. Listen forever, blah, blah, blah. You know, or I've been listening since episode blah, 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 blah. And I love that. I love that. But it's very rare that I just get a, uh, an email or a, a comment that just says, here's what this means to me. And I, and, and I wouldn't want a million because I do like them when they're special. You know, I, I was going through my email today. Matter of fact, and there's just emails that I can't take out of my inbox. I, I like having a little small inbox, but, um, one of them, uh, was from a lady named Carrie Kirk. And she told me a story that was not funny. It was, uh, one of those life experience kind of stories. And I wrote her back and I said, um, it makes me want to start a show for stories like this. And I've considered it, you know, a, a, a story show for stories about life that aren't funny, that are stories that could be learned from things like that. I just, I'm just not sure if, uh, if it would work. I don't know how it would work. I haven't put a ton of thought into it, but the one I'm really looking for here is, um, that is from a, a, another Carrie. There it is. I found it. The last name was reversed and I wasn't looking for the last name, but it's this long email. Uh, and it's talking about um, personal things. And I believe she listens to this show. So um, I never responded to it. It was from, Wednesday, April 24th, 2019. So a good year ago. And I realized I never responded to it because it's one of those that I read. I realized it needed a good, strong reply. And then it got buried in my inbox. But I never took it out. 
And it's emails like that that I get once in a while that really let me know that um, what I do does make a difference in spite of how I feel when I'm depressed. See, today I can face that. I can Today I can handle it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, podcasting, it makes a difference. It, it's obvious it does because people say it does. And that makes sense. When I'm down, it's like, how in the world could anything ever do? Oh, I'm so dumb. How could it ever make a change in anybody? But um, so, Carrie, I, I just want to apologize right here in front of everybody for not ever responding to your email. But just know that I read it. I read it back in on April 24th and I read it today on April 4th and um, it means a lot for you to share. So um, I also have one uh, GOK unused. I have a GOK unused uh, folder and we got a podcast review. That's a very rare thing for Gospel of Kennison to get a podcast review. This one's called The GOK. Thanks, James, for this wonderful window into your heart. It helps me get through upsetting times and always makes me happy to hear your voice. You are always true to your heart, and this and your other shows bring me great joy and comfort. If you like this show, you might also like that story show, Red School Bus, and sort of kind of super powered James patio book <laughs> patio. I've never liked patio. Cause it sounds like potty love, love you, James, but not in a weird way. <laughs> Landon the great. So, uh, thanks Landon. I don't think you listen to this show, but or I, apparently you do. Um, duh. You're, you're leaving a review for it, but I wanted to thank you for the review. Cause we, we don't get many. And so it, it makes a difference. So maybe that's what I'll ask you to do. Instead, instead of sending me a, an email, um, just maybe if you haven't done it yet, go and review the podcast on wherever you, you know, get it from, um, Stitcher or Apple podcasts or whatever. I have another review that just says, awesome. Love this from Ethan Stainbrook. That was from March uh, 21st. And um, so it's, it's a good thing. I, I'm going to wrap it up right there. It's been, it's been, uh, it's been a while. It's been an hour. (laughs) So thank you for listening to this episode. I have no idea what I'm going to title this one. But uh, thank you for listening all the way to the end. And uh, God bless you. I hope you stay safe. I hope you stay healthy. And um, I hope you can be generous in this time um, where we're so tempted to turn everything inward and and do just for ourselves. So uh, hang in there. And uh, if, if, if the show has done anything for you, uh, either send me a comment. Uh, my email is james at nlcast.com. If you want to email me, you could leave a review, like I said, or if you want to become a patron, patreon.com slash GOK. If you want to talk about a made my day moment, as I call them MMDs, 
that's that's a great way to do it. Anyway, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.